hello, beautiful, luminous light beings. This is Catherine LaRange, your host of the Maida Dragon podcast. And I'm really excited to be here with Cindy. We were actually just in a three-day event together and got to know her story and her powerful experience and really, um, really looking forward to our conversation today. I know there's going to be a lot of value for you. Cindy is the curator of Women Only Weekend Wow which is uh, happening in October 2022, and also the author of Reflections from the Dating Pool, her story of navigating the murky waters of the online dating pool in hopes to love again. Cindy challenged herself to date 50 men in 52 weeks. Oh my goodness. While balancing her career and motherhood. This is a book about resilience, the importance of finding a tribe and the power of falling in love with yourself. And uh, we'll talk about Cindy's book in a little bit, but Cindy, welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. And can you start us out by telling me a little bit about your story? Thank you, Catherine. Absolutely. You know, even when you read my bio back to me, I have to admit, I still get goosebumps a little bit. Mm, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, for for your listeners and for you, uh, my story starts at a dark moment. Um, I basically woke up one morning and several police officers burst into our house and arrested the person who I thought I'd been in love with for seven years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So that was quite a shock. And I know that uh, many of your guests are, they have to become their own hero and they have, they realize that no one is going to save them. So that's exactly what happened is within a few short hours of the police leaving my house and explaining why they were arresting the person I had been with, who, who just to give some background, not the father of my children, Mm -hmm. um, but someone that I had been with for seven years. And so I knew, and it must've been just this divine intervention or something, because I knew that I, I couldn't stay in that house. I knew that I needed to make sure that myself and my children were going to be safe. Mm-hmm. So mid forties, I left that day and took refuge in my parents' basement with my two kids. Wow. Wow. So how did you, how did you know? How, what was that? Like, what was that piece of you that, that knew this is not safe for me to be here? I think it must be, a mother's instinct. Mm. You know, I, I can't speak. For, I can't speak for everybody, but and and again, he was whisked away, so it wasn't like I was in immediate danger. But I just felt like th- that house that we had been living in just didn't feel safe anymore. Mm. And so it was, I guess, you know, you retreat to where you do feel safe. And for me, mm. luckily for me, that's always been with my mom and dad. Mm. And so even though I was, you know midlife in my mid forties, I just knew that I needed to go there. I needed to return. And so how did you then begin to rebuild your life to right? So, so, you know, curious, were there looking back, could you say like, Oh, like, you know, there was evidence to kind of maybe indicate that the cops were going to show up at the door. 
and and maybe there was, maybe there wasn't, but if there was, right? And then how did you get to the point where you like all of a sudden you're like listening to the voice that knows, that mother's voice? And then how did you move forward to actually rebuild your life and really truly become the center of your own story? The very next, I mean, you can't just run away from your house. There was a mortgage on that house. I owned it with him. So there was very complicated pieces. Mm. But once I knew that my girls were safe, I did return the next day. And I remember clearly going into the house, going upstairs, going into my bedroom. The bed was unmade from the day before. And all I could think about was, getting into that bed, pulling the covers over my head Mm. and just shutting out the rest of the world. But I didn't, I knew that I couldn't, I knew Mm. that I needed to rescue myself. And so I kind of think was on, I was just on autopilot. I decided to look for renters for my house immediately. I put my stuff in storage. I, um, And then I don't even know why, because why would I be doing all of this in the middle of this chaos? But that's when I phoned the resort in Canmore and said, I wanted to book a retreat for 65 women. Wow. (laughs) I know. Wow. Wow. It's it's insane to think about it now, but I also didn't, people were worried about me. Mm. Let's be honest. I was worried about me. I also had a week prior been in love with somebody that yeah. I needed to figure out how to fall out of love with. Hmm. Right. And so I focused my energies on trying to not be tied to that story and try hmm. to focus on something positive, bringing women together, providing a safe space, uh, creating an event that would be memorable and empowering. So I, I love that, Cindy, that you're identifying that there was a part of you that wanted to just crawl in the bed. And, mm-hmm. you know, certainly I, I think everybody listening can relate to that. And yet in that moment, you made a decision that I am going to rewrite my story. And maybe it was conscious or maybe it wasn't quite in, in that consciousness yet. But tell me about about that moment where you're feeling pulled, like, I just want to go to the bed. I just want to like pull the covers over my head. I just, I, you know, maybe pretend this didn't happen. Go back to the the safety, the security, like here's this person I was in love with and, and it just happened yesterday. So probably still in love with. So, so what was that moment? How did you lean into taking action and moving forward and not just crawling into bed? That's a good question. I think, I think it was, I was partially on autopilot. Mm. And so perhaps I was listening to my inner wisdom, that little, that little voice, because it was just saying like, move forward, take care mm. of your daughters. And I, and I knew that everything I did, they were watching me. Mm. Right. And so every decision I made was about, how do I want them to see me behave in this situation? How, mm. how is this going to affect them? And what can I do to protect them will also empower them so that they know they're never going to be in the same situation that I was in, but they know 
that there's always you're, that you are able to help yourself and you are able to mm. um, take care of yourself. Mm. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah, and and so then also this voice comes to you and says you're going to create a women's weekend. Right. <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. <laughs> it was something that I had wanted to do, so it wasn't like this idea just popped into my head from from nowhere. But it was one of those things that I hadn't done. You asked me the question of, did I have any idea that my partner was going to be arrested? Did I have? I knew something was going on. Mm. There were signs that something was going on that wasn't normal. I didn't know what, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So I started questioning. I started thinking that I was going crazy. Like, but mm. there was there were signs. Yeah, yeah. I was ignoring them. Yeah, which I think is really common for a lot of you know people, women, where rather than um, maybe look at some of those things. It's easier in some ways to look at ourselves and think, oh, I'm, I'm just imagining things. I'm overreacting. I'm blowing it out of proportion, right? Maybe I'm the crazy one here. Absolutely. And when you're in the middle of something, it's really hard to have clarity. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't, you know, and it and it doesn't just start out like that. Like it's not like that from day one, right? It's it's a it's a progression. And certainly when you're in an environment or relationship or situation where you you kind of get to that point where it's a wake up call, it's it's not like it was a switch that was flipped. It it was a slow erosion of your sense of self, of your mm, ability to trust yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. And it's that looking backwards like, oh, wow. <laughs> now I see. Now I see. Exactly. Mm. So you asked me about how did, so the weekend. So I had this idea. I'd made this phone call. Um, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have a website. Event Bright was a pretty new concept. But I started phoning people and saying, hey, I'm going to do this. And, you know, people were supporting me. And uh, I laughed because I, the night before, wow, the first wow, I realized I didn't even have an agenda. I, mm. I didn't even tell people what they were signing up for. They just came. They didn't <laughs> all know me. Some were strangers, but they just like mm. blind faith trusted that I was going to give them an opportunity, um, a weekend of retreat. And, and they just showed up. Wow. That's so cool. I love that, right? Like just like really tuning into this calling, this desire that you had and and trusting the process. Trusting the process. And and I would imagine that that has served you well in your life. It has. That might have been one of the first times that I cuz I didn't even realize that I was trusting the process. Mm. It just organically happened that way. Yeah. But since that year and, and every other years that we've hosted it, I've just more and more trusted the process. The mm. people that are supposed to be there will be there. They mm. will attend the events. I hear that all the time. They weren't planning on going to a certain session. They ended up in the wrong room. It was exactly what they needed to hear. Mm. So what would you say to someone who who's like, well, what is the process? What does that look like? How do I trust that? <laughs> what would your what would your suggestions be around that? 
Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think, you know, I myself, there's different tools that I use along with trusting the process, whether that is pulling an angel card or whether that is taking 10 minutes to just sit in quiet and and do a little Mm. bit of meditating. But I think a lot of it is, and this will resonate with your listeners, is be willing to pivot or be willing to not be attached to a certain outcome. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? So then how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) The guide, step-by-step book on how to trust the process. I think you pick up on the nuances that happen in day-to-day life. And journaling is a really good tool for that. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone pops in, I can give you an exact example. So my full-time job, I I knew that I was coming back from the week away from with you. And I knew that I wanted to hire a new assistant. And so for whatever reason, this young person who lives in this community that I work in popped into my mind, but I don't know her well. So she popped into my mind. I was like, oh, she'd be a great assistant. And so I posted in the community Facebook group yesterday that I was looking for someone. Got two messages from people. The third message was this person that Mm -hmm. I'd been thinking about. We do not have a relationship. And she said, I think I would be perfect for this job. And I was like, yep, well, I was expecting you to apply. So it's those sort of things where... I don't know why she popped into my head, but mm-hmm. I feel like once she did, there must have been some sort of synergy or something happening mm-hmm. between us. And then there she was. So is part of trusting the process a knowledge, an awareness that there is something bigger at work in our lives? Absolutely. Yeah. And and then how do you build your believing in that, right? And and this is, you know, absolutely something that I work with my clients with, which is why I was really curious about your, your kind of experience with this is how do you build a bigger believing in that for yourself? And then in knowing that you're actually supported and resourced by that bigger thing that's happening, and that there actually is a process that you can trust. You're giving me the hard questions, really hard questions. I think, truthfully, it's through um, small tests, right? Mm -hmm. You know, know, like you talk about you go to the mall and it's Christmas Eve, and yet you know there's going to be a parking spot for you. And then there is. And you're just like, like, okay. Oh, that's a coincidence. And then you have another question that you ask yourself or you sort of, you know, you you want something else small to happen, not material things necessarily. And sure enough, it happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's just all of these little things. And you're just like, okay, I, I feel like someone, something is listening yeah. and providing what I need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and along with that, I think it's also a choice that we all have to focus on to recognize those things when they happen 
and to, to, to focus on those because what we focus on, we get more of what we focus on. The universe reads as our intention and says, okay, you want more of that. The universe is the ultimate algorithm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So, so what were some of your challenges in that process of really reclaiming your power of, of deciding I am going to write my own story here? I'm quite good at setting goals. And so after my first weekend, my first retreat, and you come back from that retreat and you're on this super high and then you come back and, you know, my, my kids were dancing four nights a week and I'm feeling quite lonely and I'm feeling like this is not, this is not how I see the rest of my life going, you know, one mm-hmm. event a year that's going to bring me up. And so I, I started thinking about goals and, and what I wanted. And so that's what led me to the 52-week dating challenge. Yeah. Yes. So tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, that was a lofty goal. But I think that came out of, number one, I knew that I ultimately wanted to fall in love again. Mm. But I also had huge trust issues. Mm. And I wasn't sure that I had the ability to choose the right person after being blindsided. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that trust in yourself. Trust in myself. Yeah. Which I think can, that can be really common for, Mm -hmm. for people, for women. Yeah. And so did you know that you weren't sure you could trust yourself? Was there like, was that a knowing that you had? I would say it was a knowing, yes. Yeah. So how did you begin to rebuild that trust in yourself? What was that process like? I think the process for rebuilding trust in myself, it wasn't a defined process, but I think I gave myself a long time with the commitment of I'm going to date for a year. That gave me time whether I was conscious of it or not, it was like, okay, I don't have to rush this. I can take my time. I may not be ready yet, but I can build up. And then the extra bonus was I was realizing that I was learning to trust myself again. And I hadn't lost those skills. I had just kind of turned it off for a bit. Mm. I can actually feel myself relaxing just as you share that there's no rush. We've got time. We're going to, we're going to take our time. I'm going to take my time. Ha, right. And so for people listening, as you're listening, notice if that has a similar impact on you, that idea that there's plenty of time. You don't need to figure it out right away. There's no rush. Notice if you can feel yourself relax with that. <sighs> so, so Cindy, was there in, in that beautiful space that you gave yourself, was there a moment where you're like, ah, there it is? Or was it kind of a gradual process? I don't know if it was, uh, oh, there it is. 
but definitely along the way, the aha moment I did have, and I can't pinpoint exactly, but I think somebody, because people knew that I was doing this, friends would ask Mm -hmm. me about this. And I remember one person saying to me, you know, how's it going? seems like a lot of people, seems like a lot of time. And I said, truthfully, I'm not sure this is about the guys. Pretty Mm. sure this is about learning how to date myself. Wow. So how how would you learn how to date yourself? (laughs) So every date that I went on, I came home and I journaled. Mm. And, And I found myself, and again, I can't tell you that I had planned on doing this, but I'd go on a date and I'd come back from the date and I would say, words of wisdom. Mm. Make sure you always ask the other person questions. Be interested, not interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there more tidbits in your book? There are. Yes. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. I've got a copy and I am super excited to read it. And for my listeners, we'll have a link in the show notes so you can check it out. It's available on Amazon. So, Cindy, if you could look back, would there be some advice or words of wisdom that you would give yourself in that process? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things is you never know why somebody else is doing what they're doing. Mm. And so I couldn't have expectations of other people. I was showing up to practice dating, to learn how to trust myself. So I can't necessarily have the same expectations on the person who's sitting across the table from me. I don't Mm. know what their journey is. And so that also helped because if you didn't hear from that person when you got home, it probably had nothing to do with me. Wow. That's a life lesson right there. Mm-hmm. I think in ev- in everything, really, right? We don't know what's going on for somebody else. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. And so if you had some advice for your daughters about this process of really learning to date yourself, of learning to love yourself, trust yourself to become that main character of your life, what would that be? My daughters, my one daughter does ask me questions about this and so do a few of her friends. And so this, this goes for any relationship. I think that it's, again, it's really hard to see something clearly when you're in it. It's mm. easier to look back. So if you feel like a relationship in your life seems off, get a calendar for one month at, before you go to bed every night, either put a happy face or a sad face. Mm. And then look back, count the number of happy faces versus the number of sad faces. If there's too many sad faces, you might need to make a decision. There's some information there. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I feel like that could actually apply to any area of your life. If you're looking at your career Mm -hmm. or your health or your bank account, like anything, anything. And it's so simple. It's a happy face. You've got Mm -hmm. everybody has the time to put a happy face or a sad face in their calendar. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. That's a great idea. And so, so 
I, I believe personally that we are always, if we're still breathing, we're still growing, or we have this opportunity to grow and that we, as we grow, we kind of bump up against what we've known so far. That's our green growing edge. That's our learning edge, right? That we we're not quite competent there yet. We haven't quite experienced that version of ourselves. So what are those green growing edges for you? Where are you growing into? Mm, excellent question. I think I just continue to grow. A lot of it is a lot of it is based on knowing myself. I mm. feel like, and we experienced over over the last weekend. You know, we do personality tests and we and we think we're one way, and and then all of a sudden the paradigm shifts, right? So we may not be the same person that we were in our twenties last week, you know, COVID I think has changed and I don't want to give too much credit either way to COVID, but I think COVID has changed personalities. So for me, it's who am I today? Because the, mm. the same beliefs, the same paradigm might not have been the same a couple of years ago. Oh, love that, right? That we are always, you know, changing, growing, shifting. And so who am I today? Mm -hmm. And and then tying it into and, and what is the highest version of myself? Who is the woman that I am becoming? And am I in alignment with that? And isn't that exciting? Because then that makes me think, well, who will I be in two years? Yeah, who do I want to be in two years? Right? Mm -hmm. Do I want to go to bed and pull the covers over my head and spend two years in bed? Or do I want to actually create who it is I'm becoming? Absolutely. Mm. And so, so your next event, so this is a once a year event. Can you tell me, tell me about the, the, the wow event? Absolutely. So I always host it in Canmore. There's a certain, um, I think magic that happens in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. I say it's always in the heart of the Rocky Mountains. And you and I spoke about this a little, a little bit earlier. It's it's quite organic. There's a there is a format. We gather on Friday night, we meet new people, we reconnect with old people. We I usually have a little bit of a market with some local vendors. So we, you know, we I call it a shop and sip market because there might be be bubbles in this part of the event. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> wink, wink, yes. <laughs> and then the next morning we get up ready to to learn. But that being said, you know, you might choose to go to a class that's all about acupuncture and I might decide to do some Zumba. So mm. it's a number of sessions. You pick and choose what you want. Sometimes people say, you know what, I just really needed to spend some time in my condo read a book in front of my laptop. So it's really a weekend for you to choose what you need and mm. honor that. That sounds amazing. And uh, I've, I've been at different events in Canmore and that's in Alberta. Uh, for those of you who are, are not familiar with the location, it's a stunning area. There is very powerful energy in that area, very healing energy. So, and so this is coming up in October 2022 and registration opens up in January. It sure does. And I okay. never mentioned, uh, we always end with a karaoke dance party. Oh, dance party. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you're okay. And so, so for the event, it's limited to only 65 women. Is there a, is there a limit on the number of participants? 
I have upped it over the last several years. So my it sells out every year mm-hmm. to a maximum capacity of 150. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So sells out fast, max 150 people. Okay. Well, I am sure you know, putting it in my calendar to sign up in January. Super excited to to hopefully meet some of you there. And then your book. So tell me where people can find your book. I think the easiest place to find it is on Amazon. Uh, if you search Reflections from the Dating Pool, if you, um, you can also find it through my website. But honestly, as much as I like supporting local, I think that's just the easiest. Okay. Okay. And for my listeners, I'll have a link in the show notes as well. So you can find the information for Cindy's event and also her book will be available to you there. And so Cindy, before we bring this in for a landing, is there anything else that you would want to say? Anything you'd want to share? Any last words of wisdom for the people listening? Let me first thank you. It's uh, such a great opportunity to talk to you and share my story with yourself and your listeners. And I guess my last words of wisdom would be that life has been a little hard on some of us. Um, So don't wait for someone to rescue you. This, Mm. This is the time to take a step to move forward, however that looks for you. And you know, if you trust the process, it will be okay. Yeah. And just take the step. Take, take a, the step. a step. Just take a step. Oh, yes. I love that, Cindy. I love that. Thank you. And so thank you so much for joining me today. And to all of my listeners, know that I have so much love for you. I am so grateful for you. And um, we'll look forward to connecting with you on social media. As always, love to hear from you, your your impacts, your kind of ahas, your takeaways from the episodes. And until next time, have a amazing week. Mm-hmm.